Hey everyone, Ryan here. Want to welcome you back to the grandstand. A little disclaimer before this episode begins we had some slight technical difficulties with the audio quality as we were recording remotely between the United States and France. Not to worry though, still the same great banter coming to you live now. Question for all of you except Romain Grosjean. To whom it may concern, fuck you. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access, access to uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. Welcome back to the Grandstand, episode six. Episode six. Dude, I can't believe we survived uh, doing this so long. <laughs> I know, right? And if you can hear us well... It's because we just mic'd up, so we don't sound like shitty F1 radio anymore. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> um, it's episode six, and some exciting news. We are now officially live on Apple Podcasts. We are live on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and six other platforms. Oh my God, six other platforms. I thought we were only on Spotify and the iTunes. This is amazing. We are worldwide, literally and physically. <laughs> so make sure. So what do we say? We got to say go smash that subscribe. No, that's YouTube, right? How do you, what do you say? Like subscribe to our podcast on oh, any, push, on push, your Go push subscribe. <laughs> podcast whatever whatever podcast app you're using we're probably live on it yeah oh i got one just on your favorite podcasting app there we go what that's what people say they're like just go subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app yeah i thought i just said that yeah i just want i just want to say it too i don't know i got you episode six all right yeah. So, you're, Bars- on, you're in Paris. We're usually together, and today is the first time we're not together. I know we're doing this. We're doing this long distance. We're giving it a try. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is getting so emotional. It's such an emotional relationship. This podcast. I know it's it's, and we're 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 committing. You know, you got a microphone. I got a microphone. <laughs> So we can whisper sweet F1 things to each other. God. All right. This is getting weird. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm in, is in New York and I am, in, I'm sorry, Sean's in Paris and I'm in New York. Let's get that. Let's get that correct. Let's get that. Yeah. I will be in the Monaco region while you'll be in the Indy region. So <laughs> that will also be very interesting to keep an eye out for on our next podcast. Uh, we'll give you details on that at the end of this podcast. Um, but since uh, since we've had a new race, we've had a new race, Barcelona, the most exciting race so far. <laughs> Not really. We got another one-two. So race recap: we got another one-two by Mercedes. Yep. The fifth in a row, and on a track where we thought Ferrari was going to bring it because they were fast, you know, during winter testing and all that. But we'll, as we'll see, they were nowhere. So just as for a quick race recap before we get into our uh, uh, shit-talking points, uh, Hamilton takes the win from Botas. Strong race from Max Verstappen. Vettel and Leclerc in 4-5. Gasly in 6. Pretty strong. Uh K-Mag making a comeback for P7, signs in eighth in his home race. Kvyat gets P9, and last point for Romain Grosjean, who was getting hounded by Albon 
who probably would have gotten that point if Torosa didn't do that dismal double stack. That was one of the worst. <laughs> that might be one of the worst pit stops I've ever seen, let alone in Formula One. You think that so? Was, <laughs> Is really, it? Like, they, they saw that that like that immaculate. Um, they saw that immaculate Mercedes um, <laughs> back. Oh, guys, we should try that. And, <laughs> and they're like, where are the tires? <laughs> they had no tires ready. Uh, well, that that definitely cost Albon points. The Renaults showed some really like I don't know mediocre pace. They're in P12 and P13. Uh, the Alphas were struggling uh, with Raikkonen in 14. Perez in Racing Point pretty much nowhere this weekend in 15. Giovinazzi and then the two Williams with their two DNFs, Stroll and Norris. So another one-two for Merck. Too bad. It's too bad that that Williams can't pick up points just for like. They've actually, the thing is, the Williams continue to finish, which is, you know, if there's anything that they can look at, at least the cars are going the full distance. That's right. <laughs> they, I think they've finished every race. Wait, I don't think, they might have had one DNF, but you're right. They're consistently bringing two cars home. Yeah, which not every team can say at this point. Renault. <laughs> well, Renault brought both their cars home, but... They were, they were pretty damn slow was... this weekend. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> that sucks for them. I mean, that's the team that we that's the team that we went to see in testing. You know, we had that experience with them. I was really rooting for them, and they were just nowhere, nowhere, nowhere this weekend. Um, well, at least Danny Rick didn't, you know, pull into the back of another Toro Rosso or yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, no reverse. No, yeah. They took it off the car. He had no more reverse for the rest of the season. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. So, should we talk about how Ferrari was super fast in testing and how they just, like, sucked this weekend? I mean, look, at this point, I, I think, <coughs> I, I think we, we all can be pretty certain. And at least Christian Horner is because he said it after the race. He's, like, pretty clear that this will be Mercedes' season. Um, you know, we're, we're still a little – we're still, still early in the season, but um, <laughs> at this point, I think it's pretty safe to say that Mercedes is going to run away with this, and and Ferrari even lent into that. Max though keeps showing up. Um, yeah, I think is is going to be challenging for some wins uh, pretty soon here. Big time. I think I think we could see that in Monaco. Uh, I'd be interested to see if Max takes takes his first. W the season. Ooh, remember I predicted a pole position in our Ferrari podcast, which was episode five. If you haven't listened to that, make sure you check that out because we really dig into Ferrari's problems in that yeah. one. I think I think after listening to it again, I think it will give people perspective on where Ferrari stands. I don't. They, yeah, just just it's a reason to subscribe and, and listen because I. We actually brought out some interesting facts, did some research. Um, also, if you guys <laughs> want to eat with us about it, we could we could definitely go there. Um, so, oh yeah, join join the party. <laughs> um, but let's let's go back to, to Spain. I think Spain um, Spain realistically didn't for me it didn't reveal much. Um, there wasn't I think we've seen now at this point with the fifth race of the season. Um, we're starting to see a pattern. I think the Red Bulls have figured out their car. They're really starting to tune that, dial that thing in. Um, with Gasly now showing up, um, Max is, I think, having his best season. Well, you know, not he's obviously not his best season in terms of results, but he is driving very well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my biggest takeaways from the weekend. He's he's got yeah he's consistently putting in the results. He's got more podiums than any other non Mercedes uh, drivers, and he's in P three in the driver standing. So uh, who knows if you know Red Bull can start you know uh, taking it to Merck. That could get that could get interesting for the rest of the season. Well, I think I think you know it's interesting too. As Lewis said, he started. It's boring when there aren't other constructors challenging them. Um, and that, that I think we can all agree with. They, the, 
it's really starting to get obnoxious that Mercedes. I mean, I'm a Mercedes fan, but I still like it when other teams are challenging. You know, it just keeps it interesting. Um, and yeah. <clears throat> Lewis is like, where, where will everybody else show up, please? <laughs> yeah, I, so I have this quote right here, and he was saying, uh, but it's definitely not as, not as exciting from a competition point of view. Racing within a team, it's not really how Formula One should be, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, sorry, Valtteri. Um, but like, like we said, like we said in the Ferrari podcast, if you're fighting with Ferrari and Ferrari's competing, your title will be worth more, uh, at least during, during that season. Um, so, well, yeah, look at, well, let's put it this way. I think Valtteri getting, uh, pole in the manner that he did, I mean, he blew Lewis out of the water. He was what six tenths? Six, six, six tenths, yeah. Holy shit! Like, and he, he, I think he set a new track record. He did. He did. Yeah, I mean, I really thought Valtteri was going to get away with it, but then he said he had a clutch issue, which then Mercedes came back and said they actually looked at the tape from some of the the FP two and FP three races, and apparently that side of the track had less grip. And so it made it seem in the car that it was actually a clutch issue when it was, in fact, you were just getting wheel spin on that side of the track. And consistently through the weekend, whoever had P2 had the advantage because there was more grip. Yes. Supposedly. Yo, so yep. you, you, you want to hear one weird stat this year is that no pole sitter has gone on to won the race yet after five races. Is that true? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was true before the race. They were talking about it, and it was true again because Lewis stormed off, got P1, and led the whole entire race. Seventeenth time he's done that, which is a yeah. No one beat. really challenged him. Really, any an error on it was either going to be an error on Lewis's part, or it was going to be some sort of mechanical failure. And interestingly enough, I, I, this is a bold statement. And, prediction Ooh, for the season okay i don't i don't see mercedes having any sort of like maybe when they get the new power unit in we'll see i don't see them having any of those any little like technical failures in the car oh you're gonna jinx it you watch out for that double dnf in monaco <laughs> uh, um you know what we'll you see. i'm gonna it out there to keep it interesting i don't know you you pointed out something about the wheel spin right valtteri so i wanted to get to it's, we're starting to see, I think Barcelona is always when, you know, we get back to Europe and things get real again. And now, officially, I think people are going to have to stop saying it's still early days. It's like, no, we're in this now. And it seems like uh, Valtteri and Lewis are starting, starting, you know, the tension is building within the team. And from an outside perspective, like just reading the post-race, you know, Valtteri said, I can look at myself in the mirror knowing that I didn't do anything wrong. But then the team said, well, there was nothing wrong with the clutch. And then Lewis was just like, you know, I just had a great start. And, uh, you know, if that side was so bad, how come Vettel had such a great start from P3? He was up there. He yeah. led the race for literally three tenths before he outbraked himself and almost spun out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, he's been out of track. It was kind of that the, the that start in T in turn one was was actually really exciting and it, it was it gave me hope <laughs> for about the twenty seconds I had being a really fucking exciting race and then everybody just kind of got in there you know it, it just turned into a straight line and and you know we had a few incidents here and there um, we had a racing incident incident between Stroll and Norris mm-hmm. I still think that was a racing incident. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, why did, I mean, Seb had a great start. I really thought he was going to challenge it. I really did. I mean, it, it, um, it could have ended terribly. If you think about it, both has, I mean, all those guys, you know, if you see that photo at turn one before they turn in, in the breaking zone, uh, you could not fit, uh, like a sheet of paper between some of those tires. I think it were, it was really tight and both has did a really good job of not, you know, he could have, they could have taken 
like the top three could have been out in that first corner because like you know you lose down first you're sliding both like so Vettel kind of locked up his break but Boats has lock, uh, lost all his downforce and that's why he pretty much you know had to compensate for oversteer and he also could have ended up spinning out so that was actually really good driving from all of those yeah no I completely agree that that <clears throat> that was um that was pretty exciting to watch but um no I mean other than that and, and you bring up a good point I mean once once Valtteri had to take his foot off the throttle there um that the race was done I mean it was going to be Lewis's race so do you remember when we were talking about, you know, how Lewis has that smirk on his face and that he, he kind of still had it after qualifying? Uh, both of us spoke about qualifying. We were both shocked at the gap, right? Six tenths. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. did you hear? Did you I mean, did you kind of go back and see the why of the six tenths at all? Did you hear about what Merck said about the battery? And... No, I, I didn't catch that. So basically, when you go out for a lap... Uh, you do your, you know, you do your warm up, you do your lap, and then you come, and then you do a cool down, during which you charge up your battery for the next lap, right? And Lewis got a yellow flag on his lap, which meant that he couldn't charge up his battery, and he only had one run, so his battery wasn't charged up during his uh, fastest Q3 run, if I understood that correctly. Ferraris. <laughs> which was which was faster than for yeah for both Ferraris, and which also explains like the fact that he uh, he didn't have that extra energy right kinetic energy um, not not to take anything away from Botas because I think that was a brilliant lap and he even said you know best lap of his career and I agree um, I just think that Lewis um, he just knew he's like oh yeah okay I messed up again and when I mess up I end up being P two. Oh, you know, so it's not that big of a deal when he messes up. Um, so that's kind of scary, just of like, you know, how fast the Mercs are, but also how confident Lewis is. You know, it's, uh, uh, I think Valtteri 2.0 is going to have to like, uh, you know, step it up to 3.0 soon if he wants to go the distance. I here. mean, right now, I, I, I still think, I mean, Lewis is leading by what? How many points? Eight points? Yes, yeah, seven, because he got fastest lap. Seven. Oh, right. Um, so Lewis is still leading the championship. Um, I do agree with you though. Like I think Valtteri last season just saw the level that Lewis competes at when he feels like he's under threat. And I think he's going to bring it. I think we're going to see even Valtteri go to even a, a higher degree. Um, once as a, as the rest of the, after the rest of the season continues, you cannot. And I think that's also goes back to like, interestingly enough, why Seb, in my opinion, <clears throat> hasn't been able to perform. I think Lewis has, in terms of his mental ability, in terms of his actual um, skill as a driver, has has improved vastly over Vettel. I mean, just, just Seb hasn't really evolved, I don't think, since his Red Bull days. Lewis is continue to perform in every with every championship and every season that goes by mm-hmm. he is he's really like he's sticking it to Seb and I just don't know if Seb's ever going to be able to get there and Valtteri is Valtteri going to be able to do that um I think he can I really do I have so much faith in Valtteri um it's probably too much <laughs> <laughs> but uh I mean you know, maybe he'll talk to Kimmy and like go have like a couple beers and maybe too many beers and you know just <laughs> he'll be like, no, just fuck it, you know, just do it. You know, I can't do it, Kimmy. But... <laughs> well, you know, I love Valtteri. I mean, I I loved him when he came in to Williams, and uh, I think he's a great fit for Mercedes. Um, also, my theory is that you know both Merck drivers are, are are bringing it, as we said, but I don't think Lewis is. Um, has tuned in completely to the car. And I think the car is so much faster than that red, uh, you know, S90, which was supposed to dominate the season and is like struggling in P4 and P5 now. But I think that the car is so fast that both drivers can only get those top two positions, right? So like, let's say if Max or Ferrari start performing and start, you know, qualifying between the Mercs, 
then I think that's when we'll really see how strong Valtteri really is this year. Because, um, like, Ooh, you know, what do you think about that? Because I, I, when you're dominating, it's like it just seems very easy. And it's like, oh, yeah, Valtteri's brought it and what, what and whatnot. Uh, but I remember that was very similar to 2002 with uh, Shumi and Barry Kello, where like, when basically they finished one, two, pretty much every race. And no one was saying it was Rubens 2.0 because they just knew the car was just amazing, right? So, Good point. Um, I that's those are all really good points. I didn't didn't really even think of it that way with when it comes to Valtteri, um, and when, if, and when, if or when, um, we see another team, Ferrari or Red Bull. I, honestly, at this point, I don't think it's gonna be the Ferraris. I think Red Bull's very comfortable with their car, and I think they're gonna be the ones not challenging necessarily for the title. But challenging the Mercedes, I'd say after Monaco, huh. maybe Monaco. I'm not yet. They usually do really. They, the Red Bulls perform pretty well at Monaco. So. Oh yeah, I remember last year, and Max actually yeah. Max was really. Ooh, well yeah. maybe maybe I'll save that for Monaco predictions. Um, uh, I'm going to get back to that later, but I do agree with you that Red Bull is definitely in great form. They're I'm surprised of like how fast they're getting to grips with their new package with that Honda engine. We keep like we shouldn't forget that new engine. Uh, it's hard to really you know get everything flowing together that first year. Just ask McLaren when they went to Honda. <laughs> uh, you know what? Feeling had a feeling that just the moment Daniel Daniel Ricardo Ricardo signed for Renault and moved over. I just, I really thought to myself, I was like, you know what? That Honda engine is going to fucking perform. And Ricardo's going to be sitting there thinking, what the hell did I do? <laughs> I bet you if he was sitting in that car, he would be, he would have been more competitive earlier than Gasly. Uh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, uh, Gasly is, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's getting there. Uh, he's getting closer and closer. Um, at the restart, he got real racy there with uh, with Charles, which uh, you know they go way back in karting. So I was really looking forward to seeing one of those battles, but um, it was really short lived. Um, just went up to turn one, but I agree with you. I think that R- Ricardo would have, you know, he would have been up there with Max. But I just think Max is taking it, his driving to a whole new level this year. He's just so mature, and you know, uh, we keep hearing. Imagine how- that. What's up? Just started. Could you imagine if you saying that last year? Max Verstappen is so mature. <laughs> yeah, and the kid's twenty-one. Then <laughs> he's so he's so freaking young, but he's he's a beast, he's a man. Super guy. No, I mean he's he really is showing uh, he's showing a different set of colors this season, um, and I mean it just goes to show that I think Red Bull gets that car really tuned up. Um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with once, once they're, I think, I think come these new, the new rule changes coming up, we're going to see Max really challenging for a title. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. Um, you know, do you, you remember 2016 when the Mercs took each other out? Um, I think. Oh, yeah. You mean, you mean when, when Nico, I still, I still think that was Nico's fault, but that I might have a bias. Oh, I mean, we definitely both have the same bias, but we both agree it was a hundred percent. Well, maybe okay, ninety percent Nico's fault. Yeah, I mean, he just pushed him onto the grass. Do you remember? Do you remember, uh, like, on the sky, like the sky pad? It was uh, uh, Paul Giresa who was basically saying, like, "What the hell was Nico doing? He wasn't looking in his mirrors." And he was just staring at a steering wheel, and he put all the blame on uh, on Nico. And when wait, you mean look- no, no, he no, no, he put all the blame on Nico, who was oh. who was harvesting energy in turn three. And he's saying, as a racing driver, you you have to be more aware. And it just seemed like he wasn't there in the moment. And it was funny because like when Nico went to Sky, the Sky like interview later, it got really awkward between those two. Um, but if if, if Paul DeResta <laughs> says it, you know. We're not that biased because he's a commentator. Yeah, well, in my opinion, it's always Nico's fault. But, it really is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, but but really, I think looking forward to the race. What what did what did what did Spain tell us? Um, I think we're just seeing we're going to see Mercedes dominate the rest of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I think we could see a potential challenge from from Red Bull. And for those people out there who still believe that Ferrari is going to challenge, something that Benotto said. Um, this 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 past week after after Spain was that he thinks that they fundamentally got a they got the concept with the car wrong. So talking about the front wing design and then how the like the disruption of of or the the, the airflow over the tire really think that they fundamentally got something wrong with their front wing design and then how that influenced the rest of the car. Huh, and, inter- interesting. So, well, do you remember in pre in preseason testing, they had that whole debate, you know, of the front wing that were a bit more. Uh, you had the Ferrari slash Sauber style of front wing that went curved down, and everyone's saying, "Oh man, that's the way to go this year." Uh, Mercedes and Red Bull didn't go that way, and both Ferrari and Sauber, sorry, Alpha Romeo were super fast in testing, especially Ferrari. What I don't understand is like how are they built so fast? And if you look at Barcelona, well, Ferrari is pretty much on a downward spiral for the last two races, and Alpha was also at the very back of that midfield. So I don't know what what that says about their whole front wing philosophy, uh, but apparently it's not really working out for them. I don't know if it's the only reason because Seb says that they're uh, they're they're slower in in corners, which you know that's kind of a big problem because you know that's where you win the races um but how can how can there be a fundamental problem with the car if they were so fast in testing i don't get it that doesn't make sense to me i, I mean uh, look <clears throat> they they were not the ones looking at the data and we're not you know behind the scenes but for him to come come out and publicly say that and basically I mean that's that's almost like admitting defeat already. That's saying like telling Mercedes that we we might have gotten this wrong. But think about when those this and this is a, this is going back to a, just a common theme that we've been talking about on this podcast is think about when the decision has to be like when you start basically building your car. You're building your car you're starting about 18 months out, right? Um Think about the, 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 I mean, Arriva Benet left. You've got Binotto now at the head of the, the head of the team. I mean, it's interesting to see the, the managing director of Ferrari come out now and say that. Um, and that's basically like a hit on his, his predecessor. I don't know. It's just going back to this theme that there's just something wrong with how the team is being managed. And he's basically trying to not take blame for 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 the the underperformance of the car i don't know <laughs> well in in all you know in all fairness he's right <laughs> he's right like he his impact probably won't be felt for another year uh but the way he's the way he manages the team in terms of the drivers and uh strategy uh that we can judge him on now and how has it been this year well it's been pretty fucking terrible um, every single race, there's, you know, we ask them, like, the, we're always looking at times and a Ferrari's faster and they're, they take about three, four laps, you know, to act on it. When you're chasing Mercedes, you can't just, you can't just let your drivers fight for P4 and P5. You got to let them attack. And they just never made the right call or they always make it too late. And then it's, it's the Mercedes are gone and there's no way you can actually put a dent in there in the, in the Delta there. So, uh, Binotto, you know, if he's already playing that game, I don't think that's a good sign at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think at this point, you've got Christian Horner basically saying that he already thinks it's Merck's season to lose. And then you've got Binotto coming out saying what he said about the, 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 the actual car concept, not even about some of the designs or what they could upgrade, but the concept behind the car. I mean, that's, that's like a whole, yeah. uh, it's a whole other uh, dilemma that you have to deal with. You basically have to say, we should just redesign the entire car. Um, 
which obviously they can't do at this point. But um, which also you know, I, I don't th- I don't think is the right way to do. Sorry, um, I don't you, think I don't think he, he's just trying to distance himself from blame. I think, like you said, but that car. I mean, last year it's a similar philosophy to last year's car, and last year they took it to Merck almost till the end. So you know you can't you can't go from that far back to having a fundamental issue with it. You know. No, I mean, at this point, if Ferrari can start getting more consistent podiums and then finally get a win, I think, you know, we can we have some faith that not all is lost. But um, at this point, it really is Merck's, Merck's season lose. Um, but I don't see them doing that. They are just too fucking good um Mm -hmm. but another you know interestingly enough though and this kind of i want to i want to bring up my quote of the week um if you don't mind because it's it's another issue that that i think everybody's having at the moment you and i have discussed it um and something even the ferrari team has pointed to lewis pointed to it uh at testing in barcelona in preseason um and it's another another Italian squad, um, <laughs> Pirelli. Uh, yes. So, so why, why don't you why don't you give us your quote of the week? So yeah, um, basically, there were a lot of there were actually a few and few people who spoke up on this, uh, but it was actually Gene Haas, the the owner of Haas F1, who called out Pirelli. He he actually used their name. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing this first this first part of the quote, but he said, basically, it would be nice if Pirelli could make a tire that wasn't so sensitive. It's like we're playing games with a thermometer and not racing cars. Ooh, I did not read that. That's a great. Wow. Playing games with thermometers. And I mean, it's really the treads are so thin, apparently, on these tires this year that in in uh, I think K Mag was complaining about it. Um, there've been a bunch of drivers complaining about it, but they can't seem to get the temperature on the tires correctly, and they have to conserve in a way um, that once a car is performing properly, the car itself, the tires start to underperform or don't perform at all. So, and and that's contributing to these these like mid race strategies of basically holding back because it seems like teams can't figure out the right strategies uh, with these new tires. And it's, it's hurting. Uh, it's hurting. It's hurting the, the quality of the races. I, I mean, you know, where I stand on this, we've had many discussions hundred uh, percent agree with you. And it, we saw it in Baku. I think Baku was really where I, I just couldn't take it anymore. When you heard the Merck engineers just tell their drivers, okay, now you can attack and they go for Leclerc because uh, they've been on some kind of, you know, uh, sleepy mode or whatever, where they just nurse the tires and they're not the only ones doing it. Every team is doing it because they have to make sure they last till the end of the race because a pit stop would, would probably make them lose more time if they, if they tapped into them uh, too early. Uh, so there's a fundamental problem with the tires and, I mean, it's it's interesting that Gene Haas brought it up because his team has been doing really well in qualifying, but on race on race day they're just not there anymore because they're not in that window. And you hear people about you know talking about their these windows of performance, right? These working windows, and we don't want to hear that. Like if I mean, if we had that when we had two tire manufacturers and there was a tire war, which you could lose a second a lap, you know, but that was different tires. Now we have the same tires. They should, they should just be tapping into hundred percent of that potential and just being flat out. I mean, if it's going to be a, a race between Lewis and Valtteri to the end of the year, at least I want to see them fight on track and not just, you know, undercut overcut that kind of bullshit strategy race winning. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't really know what the it, I mean, do you really think it's a, having two two tire manufacturers in the game? Oh, I, no. I don't know if that's oh. a solution. No, I don't. I don't because I, I don't think it's fair when you have a, one that just dominates the other and then because that just takes too much 
you know, there's too much importance then on the tires. But I think that Pirelli could definitely work on creating something, uh, a just more consistent product. And what I think they should do is just go completely um, to the extremes of the tire performance. So when you have a soft compound at a, at a race, a medium and a hard, there should be huge performance deltas, but also durability. And that would really make the racing like much more interesting if, if the soft tires are, are like three seconds quicker, but they only last, you know, for six laps and the hard ones are, are slower, but they last the whole race. Then you really get, you know, it really comes into play um, in terms of strategy. You, you know what they could do? They could add um, an attack mode lane like they do in Formula E, you know, and like a fan. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and make it really exciting that, <laughs> that way. Uh, it's, new, it's, a new yeah. thing this season, uh, mid-season. So Pirelli <laughs> fucked it up. So we're going to add uh, a little thing from Formula E. <laughs> oh my god can you imagine um but you know speaking of these windows you know we've heard we've heard lewis also say that he's been struggling with the car saying that valtteri is um is you know more comfortable with the car he also said that he got his his race engine his second race engineer from last year so he's getting some of his setups apparently so i think you know we see lewis launching a bit of a psychological attack on Valtteri and there's just also one thing that he said that I don't know if you you picked up on recently where he said you know we have a really fast car ultimately but I can't get into the working window with my driving style it's not always what I, the car doesn't always do what I want it to do yet he says he struggled generally with a car and he says my qualifying in Australia to take pole was just okay I was only a tenth ahead but when I get things right it should be different to that <laughs> I mean, dude, I don't That's really a big know dig, I, I think. <laughs> I don't know if I buy anything Lewis says right now. Like, I think you're right. He is playing psychological games with, with Valtteri because, like, I, we keep referencing this in every podcast, but it was like, again, after Australia, he was, like, not worried. And I really think, like, you know, Lewis has days where he performs where he doesn't, but it's not like he's too far off. I mean, yes, he was pretty far off in qualifying, but then look what he did – Maybe that was like a strategic move. Maybe he even already knew that that side of the track has more grip and then he's going to get a better start than Valtteri. And maybe that's something his team saw and notified him before, like told him before he started the race. I mean, these are just things. I mean, I'm throwing hypotheticals out there, but. 100% though, you're right that, you know, they have the support races and you got the Formula 2. So the Formula 2 start was very similar also. The pole sitter had a pretty terrible start in the, in the feature race. And so, yeah, you're definitely looking out for all those, those signs. Uh, but you're right, you know, Lewis is kind of all over the place, but he is, he is performing well during the race. And I feel like, I don't know, I heard someone talk about him making mistakes on, there's, on Friday usually and uh, on Saturday. Um, which also reminds me of Schumacher back in like his dominating years because he would really make mistakes on Friday because he would push to the limit and see then he would have it in, on race day. Um, I think that Schumacher pushed that to the limit. I don't think Hamilton's quite is there at the same level, but he's uh, he's you know he, he does seem to be struggling a bit with the car, but he still outperforms Valtteri mostly on race days. That's what I see. I mean, let's he. he... You know, it's not a massive margin, but he he is leading the the. It's not. He's yeah. leading the championship, so let's not forget that. He is. He is, and you know, your the quote of the week, you know, was Gene Haas, and we just need to get back to what happened after that restart, also, you know, because that's that was probably one of the most. I mean, the race, as you said, was really dull. Uh, I think fifty laps, and we all knew what was going to happen. Where we're we had we're pretty much ending like this the window of second pit stops was pretty much closing. Lewis is about to pit and we have Lando Norris trying to go on the outside from turn one to turn two on uh, Lance Stroll and they touch, they hit and they both end up in the gravel. 
uh, first of all, you you say racing incident. Yeah, I say racing incident. I have to agree with you on that one. Um, oh, you do? Yeah, as much as I want. I'm shocked. I'm shocked you didn't. Th- I don't, I'm shocked you didn't throw that one at uh, at 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 Lance Stroll there. At Stroll, you know what? When I first saw it, I really wanted to. I was like, ah, fucking Stroll again. Um, but I was so excited to see there was a safety car, so I just kind of forgot. I was like, whatever. These guys are fighting for. I don't know. They were. They were, I was mostly like disappointed for Norris, but I, I honestly first immediately thought that Norris had made a big mistake. And cause I thought, I, I thought he was on the inside and, but then I realized when I saw the replay, it was the other way around. And he was actually, they were actually going through that S, you know, that high speed S and they could have definitely made that side by side. Other cars have done that in the past. So um, for, yeah. for me, it really is a bit more of Stroll's fault but Norris was also, you know, half his car was on that curb. So it was like really risky driving from Norris, which I liked. And Stroll was just taking the racing line. So I don't know. I can't really blame anyone on that one. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I can. Yeah, like I said, racing incident. Um, I think everybody agreed on it, really racing incident. Um, but, you know, let's, uh, let's actually – I want to hear your quote of the week because – it sounds pretty interesting. Well, you haven't told me it, but it, it sounds like I'm going to have a lot to say about it. I'm going to, I'm going to get to it, but if you don't mind, I just want to talk about Haas and that bit of racing we saw on the restart before I get into my quote. Oh, we haven't okay. talked about that yeah. yet. So after the restart, you know, uh, like all the cars got bunched up. Lewis had a brilliant restart. He put in like his two fastest laps of the race right away. And Valtteri was just out. Um, and then we had a good midfield uh, tussle, and Grosjean was uh, starting to catch his teammate K Mag, who were both they were both struggling on tires, like you said, and they touched a little bit there in turn one, pretty much right before Stroll and Norris did, I think, like before the area on track. What was your what was your take on that? Because for three laps, Grosjean took the escape route. Like I felt like he was never taking turn one. He was just going off track. <laughs> and it wasn't his fault, though, uh, for no once. track limits in his mind. Um, uh, you know, honestly, I think the Haases, I think Grosjean, though they get along, I think Grosjean has been tired of kind of – he does get – I mean, K-Mag bullies everybody. Um, yeah, we see it in practice. But I think Grosjean was really trying to be aggressive in those moves. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, Gunther dealt with it in the great way, in a really good, good way, but I think he really looked at it as like, it was on Kevin. I think he really did. Because if you mm-hmm. hear the radio messages after the, after the race finished, he was like, he basically called out K-Mag and was like, I want to see you first yeah. and alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the school you principal. Know, and, yeah. and, you know, we could read into that and be like, Oh, poor, you know, <laughs> Gunther's like, going, it's like going to mommy and, and he's like, oh, well, you know, you can't hurt Roman's feelings like that, you know. Um, but on the other side, I think, I think Roman was really, de- I think he was doing a good job defending his position and, you know, K-Mag's a dirty fucking driver. Honestly, K- and he does that a lot. He do- does it with people who aren't his teammates. Um and realistically, like, K-Mag needs to know when to back down and when not. And he didn't back down, and it almost cost him Haas, who had a really good weekend, almost cost them their weekend. Um, yeah, could have been a double hope... DNF, yeah. What's that? I mean, it could have been a double DNF if it, you know, if they, if they touched. I mean, it easily that. could have been a double DNF. So, I'm, look, you know, and I'm I'm not... You know, I love to 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 take a little bit of the piss out of out of Grosjean, but I really think K Mag. Interestingly enough, you know, we talk about Max maturing. K Mag like doesn't ever seem to mature. He just seems to like regress in his maturity. He's like the anti like he he's like Benjamin Button, you know, in some ways. It is like you know, in terms of his like his like his driving ethics. So so I, I don't know I. I think that one, the team dealt with it the way that they should have. 
Uh, Gunther said that they had like a 15 minute conversation and that they're welcome to race. But um, yeah, for me, the, the Haas is coming together. I, I expected it to happen. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I want, I want to know how many times K-Mag's taken someone out um, in races throughout his career. <laughs> That'd be an interesting. That's a stat. Yeah, I bring up someday. That, that would be a good stat. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I um, I think that I mean it's hard to it's hard to put blame because like, they were both going for it, and it wasn't that heated going to the corner. And I just didn't think that, uh, first of all, uh, Roma was never ahead of K-Mag before the corner. So it was definitely K-Mag's corner. And they hit, yes. And I do slightly tilt, you know, uh, in favor of K-Mag for me in terms of, you know, not at fault. Because I think Grosjean could have just backed out knowing it's his teammate. And knowing it's K-Mag, then he's a fucking nutcase, right? Um, so I think it's, I think, I think K-Mag didn't do anything wrong. And if you... And I'm going to go a little further. Said so I think that Grosjean, who hadn't scored a point yet uh, until this race, was trying to impress, you know, the team and try to get, you know, try to one up his teammate who had scored before. And where I'm disappointed in Grosjean again is that he just kept. <laughs> <laughs> I also like to throw a little dig at him once in a while. Uh, is that he tried the same exact move every single time? Like, okay, it didn't work, you know get a little creative, go on the inside, you know, surprise him. But he kept going, he kept getting the DRS and kept going on the outside, which is the, not the easiest way to do things there. Uh, I mean, it does work, but you know, same car, same, similar tires. Um, and he also hit, he also had contact with Sainz, you know, uh, during the race. So he was, it was, he was getting a little sloppy in the end there because I don't know if he was getting frustrated because of that first incident, but I just think he kind of lost his cool and that his therapist is probably yeah, billing him like, those are good a points. couple of extra hours this week. But... <laughs> Why doesn't Kevin let me go by? <laughs> Why can't I beat my teammate? <laughs> oh man! Uh, um, but but at least it was well, those are good it points. was exciting. You know, I was I liked it. He didn't really set to to that point though. I don't think he really set up his racing line properly when he's going through Mm-mm. when he's coming into the straight and which would have given him a better run on to your point, like try something new, set up your line a little bit differently and then try to get the inside on him. But I, what I will say is when you go into T1, you want to have that outside because then you go straight into to T2. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you, when you do have, you do have that, that inside line once you're out of T1. So it, it could be the better position if you play your cards, right. That's what Seb was trying to do uh-huh. against the Mercedes but it didn't really work for anybody. I mean, everybody who got into that situation either had to get off the throttle or um, in Lando and, and Stroll's case, look what happened. So yeah, you're um, right. You know, you're right because that corner is really important. But in order to do that, you need to break extremely late and hope that your, uh, the compet- your competitor is not breaking as late as you. But he's on the racing line. So it was just really tight. I mean, if it worked, it would have been a brilliant move, I think, by Groschel. But it didn't. <laughs> oh poor bastard so do you want to move on to my quote of the week yeah uh yours was tires uh yours was something that you know that really eats at us i think every single race the tire situation mine is a bit more of a funny quote i just when i read it i just found it kind of funny so I, Ooh, i'm not gonna tell you funny who, quote i'm not gonna tell you it's not funny in a in like the obvious way uh but i'll read it and then you'll try to guess who it is all right um, here it goes. We are quite a young team, and we are still in the learning phase. There's still much to learn, and I'm pretty happy in terms of the team improving. The concept design, it depends what it is, and there are things you can address in the season. Who said this? Oh, man. Can I get more than one guess? Sure. I'll give you two. How about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um it's got to be either – oh, shit. It wasn't Haas. Do you want, do you want me to read like, – do you want to give you, me to give you more context and, and say what came no, before? No, 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 okay. no, no. I think I could get it. It's either um, – it's either Toro Rosso or um, 
Force India. So are are those your two guesses? Yeah, those are my two. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Toro Rosso. Uh, okay, you're you're wrong on both guesses. Oh, yeah, it's hot. So to to give you, to give you the context, that's so what came before that was the limitations we had in Barcelona were present already in the first races of the season, and then they go on. He he goes on to say, uh, how long it will t- uh, it will take us to fix it is a difficult question, a difficult answer. First, we need to understand how to fix them. And after that, I'm pretty sure we can do it quickly. We are quite a young team and we are still in the learning phase. That was Binotto. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I am... <laughs> I really was like... Who's like the youngest team that can be referred to? Like, who could be? It would make sense if that was Haas, but no, it was Ferrari. Title contender Ferrari. Was there like a journalist who asked for clarification afterwards? Like, like, what do you mean we're a young team? They're the oldest fucking team in Formula One. No, that's all. That that, that was like the last thing in the article. It was about how Ferrari's, you know, uh, solving problems, like fresh problems to solve. Is it because they're like the the their the members of their team are themselves? Yeah, young? whatever it is, it doesn't make any sense, man. Like you know, Vettel's been there for four years, not as if like he's you know settling in to Ferrari, and his and his engineers have been there for a while. Like you know, it's it, it's in no way can this be a young team. <laughs> but even, but yes, yeah, but here's the thing: Seb is one of the most tenured drivers in the championship at the moment. So, like, the only young, like, person I can think of, or the only other explanation is they have a lot of younger staff members or team members or engineers or junior engineers, whatever it might be, who make the team young <laughs> plus Charles. Like, Maybe their whole strategy team is, like, straight out of high school, which would explain a lot. Trying to get that cheap labor. <laughs> well, anyway, I thought I thought that would be a good way to end the quote of the week because uh, I when I saw that I was like, this can't be true. Like this is no way that you would say that. That's fucking me up. That blew my mind. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had, you hadn't read that before. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, so Barcelona is done. We now know that Ferrari yep. is no longer. I mean, it's not up there. They might be in the future. Uh, let's let's. We can only hope at this point. But Merck is running away with it. Um, let's see where we're at on the grandstand championship points. Yeah, where what are so you had uh, a good week? Another good week. Um, you had pole. So you you put. We both put a Hamilton pole position. Um, and um, you actually got you got more points because you got you got Hamilton and Botas in the right order, and I had o- I had only gotten Botas. And uh, but I put Seb on uh, on the podium. So um, you put you got so you got the Merck uh, you got the Merck uh, one two in the right order, and you put Leclerc on yeah. third spot. And oh, I got I just got Hamilton in first place and I put Leclerc and Botas. So I only got so I got three points and you got three plus two, uh, which is five. So you went you went from oh. having a tiny lead of one point to now stretching out to uh where's my maths? Uh you're leading by two points, ten to eight in Knowles' favor okay. before Monaco. What about Roman Grosjean? Uh the Roman Grosjean moment. I think we were both wrong on that one. Yeah, uh, you um, you predicted K Mag. Oh, so, so close! close. Oh, I predicted Stroll. Man, I should have just put everything on Stroll and said that. Yeah, but Reed, it was a racing incident, so you can't say. You Damn had it! Moment. That was poor strategy for me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'm gonna stick to my guns. Uh, so I we so none of us got a point for that one. Um, right. And I had I had a little addition that I wanted to bring. I wanted to ask you, um, you know, just throwing it out there, mid-season changes, you know, in terms of the championship. Um, what if, what if... We have to 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jean is gonna wait. Let me just call him real quick. Uh, let me Skype him in. You gotta out, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's number one. <laughs> what if we gave? Uh, so we have you know pole position, top three, the the Roman Grosjean moment. What if we give one point for whoever wins Formula One point five that weekend? So best of the rest. Let's think about it. We'll think about it. and We'll answer next race. We won't do it for Monaco. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to get back to our list. Okay, okay. We'll 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 discuss this at length and get back. Um, but quite the season. They could really disrupt me. <laughs> it could. Maybe it's a little too much. I don't know. I got excited. Um, but w- w- what are you <laughs> thinking for Monaco? It's quite a weird track, a different track. Um, yeah. What's I'm going wild. Yes. Predictions this. Yep. I'm in. All right. Pole. Pole I'm giving to uh, – Valtteri doesn't seem to do well there. I'm giving it to Lewis. Okay. I don't think the Ferraris are going to show up. I'm sick of giving Ferrari <laughs> chances. So I'm, I'm, no Ferrari is getting a podium for okay. this week. Um, I'm going Max 1. Okay. Valtteri 2, Gasly. Ooh. Damn. So no Hamilton on the podium. What's going to happen to him? Lewis gets four. Ouch. Or he has, or he has a Ouch. DNA. Okay, and who's your Romain Grosjean moment for Monaco? That could be – there could be a lot. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going K-Mag again. <laughs> K-Mag. All right. Yeah. All right, okay, okay. Um, you know what? I need to take some risks uh, for this race. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give pole position to home favorite Leclerc. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Okay. You forgot about him, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm done with the Ferraris. Like, once part, like, I want them to not give I – want, I want to lose out on points with them just, just so they can prove me wrong. Okay, fair enough. I need to take some risks because, you know, I need to catch up. So I'm giving pole position to Leclerc. Uh, I'm saying that uh, Leclerc wins. Damn, giving the hometown boy the, the pole. Oh, man, oh, how good okay. would it be if Leclerc won his first race at his home Grand Prix and his first race victory was Monaco? It's pretty ball, pretty ballsy predi- like prediction, but, it's a very ballsy but prediction. I'm going for it. So uh, Leclerc in, in P1 versus Tappen in P2. And I'm putting Lewis in P3 because that's where he finished last year, I think. And I'm going to stick to that. And my Roman Grosjean moments, ooh, there could be many. There could, there could be many, but I'm going to go for Russell. And, I, and no reason. No reason. Uh, yeah, no real reason. Okay. Just that like, I need to get some points, man. So I need to, you know, I need to do something different and it's a street track, you know, you know, it could, it could, it could also be Vettel. It could be, it could be Max. You had a few moments, you know, the last few years there, but um, I'm launching the attack on you, Knowles, So I'm coming for you. Oh, okay. Going into that formula. <laughs> it's attack mode. It's been voted by the fans. <laughs> that was it. That is just, I hope that never, ever comes. You know what that is for me? That's that's Formula E saying that they're not exciting enough. To do <laughs> yes. Because you can see the car actually going by. You're like, oh, there's a race going on. Um, anyway. Uh, well, those are both. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. Monaco last year is probably one of the most boring races I have ever seen. It was a, it was a great drive from Ricardo. Though. It was. He had his problems, but like, it just nothing was going on, and. Uh, maybe it's redemption for Leclerc, uh, who knows, but there'll also be Indy 500 uh, on that same day, and uh, one of us will be there. I will be doing a short, brief podcast from the Indy 500, uh, getting opinions on, because we've got also Fernando Alonso driving for McLaren only, so they didn't partner up with Andretti Monaco for I'm sorry for this uh, Indianapolis 500, but we could I could we could all see Fernando Alonso um, 
be the second man in history to complete the motorsport uh, triple crown. Damn, that's going to be exciting. I'll be watching and trying to find you on TV in your in your in your yeah, wife beater I, and grandstands. You know, <laughs> as a I want to I want to see you on TV like wearing like a like a, a wife beater and like just severely sunburnt with a beer in your hand. I'm not that one, dude. I'm not a. <laughs> well, I'll be looking forward to hearing your podcast there and your live. And uh, yeah, uh, Alonzo winning the Indy 500 and Leclerc winning his first F1 race on the same day. That would be a pretty, that would pretty be good for motorsport. It'd, it'd be a good day for motorsport. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the, the time practice has already started for the 500. We saw top times around. So at Indy, they do, they don't actually, you don't finish on pole based on your time around the track, based on top speed, your Mm -hmm. average lap. You have four laps that they average together, which makes your, uh, your average lap Mm -hmm. speed um, for qualifying at the 500. So it's a little bit of a different format than, than typical uh, races, but they were posting times yesterday of, of 2.29, and I think somebody got up to 2.30. Wow, that's um, incredible. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, we'll see what, what qualifying comes down to, but pretty crazy. Looking forward to, uh, to watching that and uh, looking forward to uh, discussing all that in our next Grandstand, Episode 7.